Welcome to Speaking in First Draft, a Girls Right Now bi-weekly interview podcast series featuring the current and next generation of storytellers. In this podcast, our community members share a draft of one of their works in progress or completed pieces and discuss both the writing process and what creative expression looks like to them. Speaking in First Draft is hosted by me, Catherine Destin, the editor-in-residence and Mentee alumnae of Girls Right Now. Girls Right Now is a New York City-based nonprofit with over 25 years of history, breaking down the barriers of gender, race, age, and poverty to mentor and train the next generation of writers and leaders for life. This week's theme is dreams. Episode 5 of Speaking in First Draft dives deep into the raw emotions that come up in relationships and in first draft writing. Our guests discuss accepting friendship fallouts, the inevitability of hurting the ones we love, and making mistakes. Tune in to a vulnerable conversation from New Yorker's Vani Kura, my podcast partner in crime, and Girls Right Now mentee of three years, Megumi Jindal, where they discuss the first drafts of their poems and the not-so-dreamy stories behind them. Hello, everybody. I'm so excited to be talking to you today. My name is Vani Kura. I am a community coordinator here at Girls Right Now. I've been at Girls Right Now for about a year and a half now, um, and I am a multidisciplinary writer from Brooklyn, New York, um, originally from the American Midwest with roots in southern India. Um, I write short-form fiction, long-form fiction, prose poetry, poetry, um, and I recently started a blog with essays. So I write all over the place, uh, and I'm really excited to talk today to a poet who I really admire and who I've gotten to know um, during my time here at Girls Right Now. Uh, Megumi, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Megumi, and I'm 17 years old, and I go to Riverdale Kingsbridge Academy. I've been at Girls Right Now for three years, under Madeline Wallace. Shout out to you for being my mentor. And I'm really excited to be here um, being interviewed and interviewing Vani. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Megumi. I'm really excited for this conversation um, since I was Megumi's staff lead last year and I've worked with her a lot this year. Megumi actually came up with the prompt that inspired the two pieces that we chose to read today. So Megumi, could you tell our listeners a little bit about the prompt? So um, the prompt is uh, based off of a dream, but originally we had, or I had brought up to Vani um, about writing like a, not a routine before bed, but more like what comes to us while we're sleeping before we sleep, our circulation during the night. Um, and like just really geared towards night because I love like the stars and everything. But then, um, after bringing it up to Bonnie, she decided that maybe we could like specify more. And then we decided on writing about, um, dreams. I'll be reading my excerpt. It's called They Haunt Me, They Torture Me. Um, it's based off of a dream that I had, which was geared towards a friendship. And which brought like regrets because that friend that I had, um, we had a fallout and that dream was kind of like a remembrance of that friendship. They haunt me. They torture me. They haunt me. The dreams. 
the memories, the regrets, you. You showed up in my dreams today. I think I was both happy but extremely sad. Because at the end of the dream, I remember that I heard you whisper words of me with your click. Me and my sister. I went over to that table, but you wouldn't even tell me half of your gossip. Then I asked one of my friends that was there with you. He wouldn't tell me. But I said it was okay because I knew he didn't want to risk his friendship with you. Totally get it. But why? Why would he talk about me? And why would he talk to them about me but not have the courage to tell me directly? Oh, I hated that you, that you were like this, both of you. It hurt. But I saw you after, for the first time in a while. You were wearing a French braid, playing the sport that I wanted to play in that group, having fun. I hope you didn't notice me then, but you probably did. I hate how you always intimidate me, make me fear, make me insecure, make me un-me. And I hate how I still think about you, still have regrets about you, still miss you. I know you're bad for my health, but I don't know. It's not that I want you back. It's what we could have been, what you're doing to me. You're torturing me. Oh God. They haunt me. The dreams. The memories. The regrets. You. So, Bonnie, would you like to tell us about your piece, too, and read an excerpt? Yes. Uh, I really feel like I'm still just taking in this reading because I read this poem before when you sent it to me, but I didn't get to hear it in your voice. Um, and we'll talk about it a little later, but there is really something so special about hearing you read your own words. Um, it's just beautiful. Um, but yeah, so the poem that I am reading today, um, it is called Sister Sapling Attempts Gratitude. It is based on a dream that I had a couple weeks ago. Um, and when Megumi was talking about this idea of writing about what happens as we're falling asleep and this idea of nighttime, um, this is really what came to my head. Sister Sapling Attempts Gratitude. Falling and shuddering into mirrored leaves, my roots hold summer's child to the earth's hiccuping chest, embarrassed that she has nowhere I can crash for the night except a beer-stained couch. My branches creak acceptance as I have no need for rest, no need for toes or hair or whitening toothpaste. Fallow, fuller, fair, far-flung, fertile feeling, all is fodder for her. My daughter, me, my sibling, my side-sleeping savior, scraping savored sap from my weathered bark. I forgive myself in the voice of my kid brother for all my sins and sapling errors. The scars they still bear, the fractures my vines grow over and suture tight. Time no longer stalks me down the alley, but invites itself over for a good laugh at no one's expense. We were all fools. It's fine. It's no longer my journey. It's no longer their pain. Acts be damned, we will force even the hurricane to let us stand. Swaying, bending, always breaking. Sunshine is my favorite. I take extra helpings for us to share. 
the light oranging and chlorophylling the stomach lining, so we are all lanterns. None of us are empty. Forgetting and foraging, my dream is that you fill an acorn cup tipped to my lips. Let me swallow and fall, swallow, fall, follow you up and out of this home, our runner shoots caught at the end of the driveway. The thing is to tell you, to dream you. Okay, okay. I'll ring again. I always do before you wake. So yeah, that's the poem. Oh my god. <laughs> that was so good. I literally couldn't help smiling the whole time you were reading. I was in awe. And like, I just felt your emotion. It was really, really good. And I just, oh my god. Okay, I can't wait to talk about your piece. Thank you so much. And actually, speaking of that, yeah, like, I'm so excited to hear about your piece. And um, well, first off, I just want to ask you, um, what was the process like of writing this piece? And really, I know you talked a little bit about what inspired it, but I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, so the process, well, I had a dream. And then the next morning, I literally wrote it down. And I guess it hasn't been through many drafts as I had kept it literal from what I had like directly saw from my dream and just wrote it down and kept it as it was. I didn't really try to add any metaphors, um, any other like rhetorical elements. I wanted it to be really raw, as you saw, where I kept on repeating, oh God, or um, they haunt me, they torture me. Like those, they... The memories, they each um, signify how regretful or how like much remorse that dream had felt, made me feel. So through that, I try to keep it honest, but also um, literally what I saw to translate it to the readers. You know, similarly, I so this dream, this dream, <laughs> this poem was based on a dream I had um, a while back that I feel like I think about all the time. Um, so I have a younger brother. He's nine years younger than me. Um, and so growing up, I feel like I felt really responsible for him in a way that I think all older siblings do. But I think I felt especially because I was so much older. Um, and I had a dream one time that he was a little kid again. And I was apologizing to him about like, how sorry I was that I had ever hurt him in any way, that I was not the best older sister to him. And he, in his like child form, was saying, no, like, it's okay. Like, I forgive you. You know, you were just doing the best you could. Um, and I think about that all the time. Um, and a similar dream I had uh, was a dream in which I became a tree. And I feel like I just was thinking about those two images a lot. Um, and so the writing in this poem, it was meant to feel really disorienting, like starting with a verb, not starting it with any kind of description, um, really just going directly into that sense of like when you start a dream and you're suddenly just in the middle of the action, there's no like prologue to it. Things are just happening. Um, yeah. So that's kind of where how I started the idea of writing the poem um, and then went from there. Yeah, to add on also, um, when writing my piece, I realized that, I guess this was part of the process of writing, I realized that, I guess, tr true friendships or best friends, like, after you have a fallout with them, it hurts a lot, 
and that like these regrets just like stay with you for a long time especially because this person I see at school too so it's like a reminder of what we had as a friend and what we could have been if we were still friends so with that I think that spark of not jealousy I guess jealousy in a way but more like guilt kind of also definitely inspired me and I learned that that was also part of the process of living that you have to have these regrets in order to understand yourself better. Yeah, I really love what you were saying about regrets and feeling like it was actually something positive in a weird way. Like obviously the feeling of regret is terrible. Um, but we, it also helps us learn from mistakes and even things that aren't even really mistakes. Like, I don't know. I think as much as you might regret things that happened with this friend, it's hard to regret a relationship as a whole, because clearly there was something that made you friends in the first place. Um, and similarly, like with my brother, like we have a very close relationship now and I really love him. Um, but I know that there are also things that I've said or done that because I was such a close and trusted person to him, um, probably hurt him more than like if just a friend had said it. Um, and finding ways to live through that rather than in spite of it is something I, I feel like I think a lot about. Um, but yeah, I want to pivot a little bit just to ask, um, because I love hearing you read. I had the really amazing opportunity to hear you read at DVF Studios um, for the uh, Vital Voices Mentoring Walk. Um, you read a poem there that just, I mean, it was already gorgeous on the page, but hearing it in your voice, you have this really like timeless cadence to the way that you say things. It feels almost like some universal voice is speaking them. Um, but yeah, so just even for you hearing yourself read this piece out loud, um, what what were you thinking? Was there anything you were like, oh, I would change that? Or were you really happy with certain things that maybe you didn't notice before? Mm, good question. And um, I also really love the way you speak too. It's really soothing. Um, I guess I'm really, I guess at some points when I was reading, I found that my repetition of they haunt me, the dreams, the memories, the regrets you was kind of annoying. But at the same time, I think it kind of forces the reader to um, capture the essence of this piece, which is that they haunt me, the dreams, they torture me, the dreams. So I think I wouldn't change that at the end. I think... Um, the part where I also say, oh, God, is it kind of like important to and I'm glad that I added it in because it kind of shows my character and how people people would usually think like, oh, God, like, oh, my God, why did I do this? What happened? Like, it's part of the human process. And I think that having it down on here is kind of showing my thought process in the dream as well. Um, so what? Did you learn anything as you were reading it aloud? Yeah. Well, first of all, I just wanted to say I I disagree with you. I don't think it's annoying, the repetition. Um, although, or I guess I agree with <laughs> I guess I agree with you the point that like, 
it's like repetitive, but it's repetitive definitely on purpose. Like I think that's the way cyclical thoughts Mm -hmm. happen in my own brain. So it felt really relatable to read that. Um, It was annoying in a good way, I guess, because that's, (laughs) that's just how it is. I think, yeah, (laughs) I think that's just what happens when we get caught up. But yeah, so yeah. But back to the question that you asked first, I I think for me, so this poem is in a really first draft, like it's really, really first draft in the sense that I wrote it, I think three days ago now after we decided on this prompt, um, <laughs> because I was looking at some other poetry I had and I was like, oh, this kind of fits, um, but it's not, it wasn't exactly what I was envisioning. And so I was like, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna write a poem. I'm just gonna write a poem based on a dream. Um, So I, it's really weird. I feel like I never share writing this raw, like in such a first draft form. I usually really sit with things, go through multiple edits before I even give it to the first person I want to edit it. Um, So this is very vulnerable for me, honestly, to share this poem (laughs) this way. Um, But I think the thing that I was thinking about as I was reading it out loud is there's some parts of it that feel very dreamlike. Actually, I think almost all of it is very dreamlike. And as I was reading it, I was thinking, I wish I had some more specific um, touch points for the reader um, because I or the listener because I think it's very in the clouds right now. And I was thinking, you know, like, I don't think anyone would really understand that this is about like an older sister, younger brother relationship, or if they did, it just isn't specific enough to really address the feeling that I want to get at, um, which is that like, we definitely hurt the people we love all the time. And that's something we have to live with and have to grow through. And I find it personally very hard to do which is probably why I find it hard to write about um but I think that's one thing I noticed I also noticed I mean I just threw in this really fun bit of alliteration with the fallow fuller fair far-flung fertile feeling um that was just for fun I don't know if I'm gonna keep that um I just enjoyed writing it at the time I think I think it's a really interesting process um to read these kinds of things in such an early form, um, especially because the subjects we're both talking about in these are such raw emotions. And yeah, actually, I was wondering if I could ask you, we can, you know, go back and forth a little bit, but I wanted to ask you a question um, about this poem in particular, because you had mentioned that it came from a real experience. And I was wondering, what do you think makes friend breakups so difficult? And does writing in any way help you process those kinds of emotions? That's a beautiful question, first of all. Um, I think, uh, I mean, to address your first part, I think friendship breakups are so hard because it's someone that you grew up with and someone you know and you saw maturing into someone else that now you don't know. And I think that, that's part of the hurt behind growing up and seeing the place or that person that you loved so different that now you can't recognize that person. And now that just the memories become 
an afterthought and a chasing of that time. And so I think that is kind of what makes it really hard because it's something that you can't let go as part of your formulation of growing up. Um, and what was the second question? Sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, you're good. I, yeah, I actually just wanted to stay on that for a second because I think one of my favorite parts of the poem is there's that stanza that's like, it's not that I want you back. It's what we could have been, what you are doing to me. And I think that's so much of why friend breakups are really hard because it's, you're not just thinking about how they are to you in the moment. You're thinking, oh, well, maybe I should give them more chances. Like we have such a history together. Like, I don't know what they're going to grow into next. And maybe the next thing they grow into is going to be something that I want to be a part of. Um, But at the same time, you're like, they're causing me so much pain right now. I don't know if that's worth it. Um, And you kind of have to put yourself first too, which I think is another thing that's hard about that decision. Um, But the second part of my question was really, um, I guess I want to kind of rephrase it now that you've said this, but um, just thinking about writing as a way to process when you first wrote this poem, um, were you writing it while you were still processing this end of this friendship or were, did you write it after and after you'd kind of had time to like process it and move on from it in some way? Um, I think I was writing it as I was, uh, as soon as I had that dream, I woke up and decided to write it. So I still had that dream in mind. And I think as I, um, I think part of me as I was writing started to let go in a way where, um, like I talk about later on, that's not in the excerpt, but I said, I want to move on already. I want to get rid of you from my head. I think from here, after the dream had kind of like subsided, I didn't want it lingering in my mind anymore. And I think that's where I I started to drift away from writing the dream into writing about how I actually felt after having that dream. Yeah, that makes sense. That's I, I feel like the thing that makes dreams interesting is it's a part of us that we don't access consciously. It's not part of our waking life. And so sometimes things that we think we've gotten over or feelings that we think aren't really occupying a part of our brain, they definitely are. We're just not aware that they are. Um, and it's interesting to think about the fact that we carry that on. And I think writing is something that is so it's both about the conscious part of your brain that's putting the words on the paper, but also about the subconscious and the things that you don't even realize you're putting into your writing um, until you see it on the page and you're like, oh yeah, that was what I was feeling or that is um, what I was experiencing. Um, And I was actually wondering if you could just talk a little bit about how you think, how you came to writing in the first place and like what draws you into the practice of poetry? I think not having anyone that I felt vulnerable with or like wanting to step out of my comfort zone and telling people how I felt like in these vulnerable moments of like dreams. I think because of that, that kind of led me to writing poetry. I think poetry is just, it doesn't have a certain format where you just have to write line after line. I think it's more like, it's really like a breakthrough and it's just a free writing kind of 
And I think that's part of why I became interested in, in writing poetry specifically. Yeah, it, it in itself is very dreamlike. It doesn't follow a specific structure. It really can be in any shape or form or flavor that you can think of. Um, yeah. I noticed, first of all, I love your poem. Your alliteration was on point. I didn't think it was really unnecessary. It was really beautiful. Um, I specifically loved We Were All Fools. It's fine. It's no longer my journey. I think that kind of um, captures the regrets, but like growing, like stepping away from that in a bit. And the way you captured it was really beautiful. Um, I What was your purpose when writing? <laughs> <laughs> what was your purpose when writing so many of these alliterations? <laughs> alliterations yeah don't worry I'm like laughing because like I'm so happy to be with you and it's like just bubbling up oh (laughs) that's so sweet no I've been so I'm like I wish that we could make a six-hour podcast because I feel like (laughs) I could talk to you forever yeah um but yeah I don't know it's funny that you say that because I'm not someone who does um a ton of alliteration normally. Um, the last poem I wrote um, that's in Peach Mag, it's very it's very prose-like, actually. I feel like it reads almost more like a short story than it does a poem. Um, I don't do a lot of the traditional, like, poetic um, things, and I'm not huge into alliteration, but I think for this poem, I was so much more focused on it as a dream and as a feeling. And I think part of evoking that feeling was to create something that felt almost like a spell or a chant, like something you could really fall into. Um, And so I think that's why I wanted to use so much alliteration is to really evoke that feeling of just kind of falling into the lull of something and not really thinking too much about um, where it's going, but rather just staying present in the moment of that dream and of that feeling. Mm, that's wonderful. Um, and how do you decide on your titles? I really like this title. Thank you. Um, yeah, this was, an, you know, again, because this is a first draft, I'm, I don't even know if I'm going to end up keeping this title. But um, in the poem, I talk a lot about becoming a tree and use a lot of metaphors about like, my branches and things like that. So I was thinking like, if I were a tree in this scenario, I would see myself as a young tree. So I was thinking about myself as a sapling um, and as being a sister, which to me is such, it's such a wonderful kind of responsibility and role to play in the world. Um, And I think you can be a sister in so many ways, like mentors and mentees are definitely sisters in that way. Um, So yeah, I was thinking about that. And then I was thinking about how to move through regret. And I think one of the ways that you do is by being grateful and practicing gratitude. Um, I think that attempting to move through regret is an attempt at gratitude. And that's what I was trying to capture um, in this poem. Mm. Wait, that's so wonderful. Um, I guess to wrap up um, our podcast, I have one last question as general for both of us. What advice do you have when writing first drafts or 
any takeaways from writing first drafts and your process behind it? Ooh, that is a good question. I really <laughs> love that. Um, I think it goes back to the thing you were saying about poetry in general. I think it's a chance to write freely, to write with true liberation. Um, so I think, you know, the thing, and it's really hard to do, I think, is just to write exactly how you are feeling and what you are excited by. Um, because I think so often we'll be like, oh, I don't know if that's cringy to write that, or I don't know if people are going to get that, or like, maybe that's too like head in the clouds to write something like that. And I don't think that's what the first draft is about. I think the first draft is really feeling your feelings, going into your fantasies, really seeing the bound, like pushing past all the boundaries and just being like, I could write any words in the world on the page. And for this first draft, I'm not going to care how that comes out. I'm just going to do it. And, you know, then you, then you do the edits, then you bring in the editors, then you focus on the goals of the poem or the structure of the poem. Um, but I don't even think you necessarily need to outline something before you write. Like I know a lot of writers who absolutely refuse to write anything before they outline. And for me, I think, you know, like that's cool, but it's also cool just to really be free on the page. And that's what I think the first draft is for. Yeah, to add on, I think along with writing freely, I think especially after you're captured by a certain moment or motivated to write, you should just write it. And then even if you know it sounds bad or looks bad, I think if you step away from it after you've written that first draft and come back with fresh eyes, you look at it differently and realize that it's like really I guess transformative because you've written in such a transformative period after that um, stress, trauma, whatever. Um, and I think that is when you open your eyes and see your poetry in a new way. So I think the first drafts is a way where you can see um, what you've written in new light without having any edits or filters. Yeah. Yeah, so thank you so much, Shivani. Yeah, thank you so much, Megumi. This was so wonderful. Um, and I'm always happy to hear your writing, always happy to hear your dreams. So if people want to read your work, they can go to the Girls Right Now website and see your author page. Um, but where else can people find your work? Yeah, so this piece was actually um, published after my first draft on Cathartic Literary Magazine, which you can find um, different vulnerable pieces like this and mine. Um, I can definitely, um, if you search my name, I'm sure that it'll come up with a bunch of other writings that you can find, including the DVF um, poetry as well. And where can we find your writing, Bonnie? Yeah, so you can find my most recently published poem on Peach Mag, so peachmag.com. You can look for my name, Bonnie Kura. Uh, the poem is called I'm 23 and I'm fairly certain the world is ending. Um, I also have an essay on Oyster River Pages called Banana Republic. And I also... Which is awesome. Oh my gosh, thank you. <laughs> um, and I also have a blog, actually. So I have a substack. It's called Shloka Slush. That's S-H-L-O-K-A Slush. Um, and it's about uh, the Bhagavad Gita, which I'm learning to chant in Sanskrit. So you can find that there. Well, thank you so much, Shivani, and listeners out there. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Bye.
Thank you to Vani and Megumi for sharing their work, their thoughts, and their conversation with us. And thank you, our listeners, for joining us in this episode of Speaking in First Draft. Check back bi-weekly on Wednesdays for a new episode, and make sure you subscribe to Speaking in First Draft wherever you get your podcasts. Much like the drafts in these episodes, we're just starting out, and we'd greatly appreciate any feedback you have. Leave us a review wherever you listen to this episode, and tell your friends. This episode is a production of Girls Right Now. It was produced, edited, and recorded by Vani Kura, and hosted by me, Katherine Destin. See you next time, and happy writing.